0: hey maurice
1: hey how we doing
0: i'm great how are you
1: i'm doing great thanks Excellent. for having me
0: yes of course i'm so excited to have this conversation with you today to really discuss how you are being in this world um specifically in your roles as a father as an entrepreneur you have your own company uh as a husband and as a person of faith so i'm interested to dive deep into this conversation with you and i know that this will be very impactful for who all listens so yeah
1: that sound good absolutely
0: excellent um okay so you have an amazing story but before we get there i want to know how you got into construction and developed your construction company that you own
1: yeah, well, like I said, thank you for having me. Um, I am humbled to be, you know, uh, part of the uh, the show here. And um, when you reached out, I was like, yeah, that's this is cool. Um, how did I get into construction? Um, so I have a undergraduate degree in social work and You're a welcome. master's in divinity. Um, mm-hmm. So you may say, well, how does that translate to construction? Mm-hmm. Um, I always like to say that because it it really speaks to the, the diversity of paths people take in life. Um, what I intended for myself and what actually happened um, are totally opposite of, of, is of the spectrum, but not necessarily because I, I, I do love people. Um, when I was 15 years old, I just got exposed to uh, construction. Um, always was around someone who was building something. My father was a carpenter. My uncle was a carpenter. Um, They worked in the plants in Michigan. And um, they were just hands-on people. So Mm -hmm. I always had that. And um, when I moved to North Carolina, we had just graduated from college. And um, I just wanted to start over. I just wanted a new place. So North Carolina became home for us. And um, I just started looking at what type of businesses are out there if I ever started a business. Mm -hmm. And, of course, um, I had this unique skill set of payment markings. So that became my go-to. And um, in 2010, I officially uh, started the business. And I was still doing social work at the time, doing mental health. Oh, wow. But I didn't like it. Um, I didn't like the bureaucracy and the structure and the... Mm -hmm all of we wasn't helping people i'll just say that we we were Mm. not helping people and i i got into social work to help people um and so once it became more about the 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 financials of it and versus the work i just was like i'm i can i could do something different
0: Mm. and
1: um that's how i started uh i just got into a place where um i didn't like the social work that i was doing And so um, I still needed to earn a living. And so I just dived deeply into becoming an entrepreneur and starting a pavement marketing business in the construction industry.
0: (laughs) Wow. So do you do a cold turkey? You did an automatic shift to construction.
1: Not cold turkey. There was some some, um, jobs here and there for about four or five years. Mm -hmm. Um, But then in 2015 is when I just said enough is enough. I've got to pick one. I've got to be either all in or all out. And um, so I picked to stay into the construction industry in 2015 and have not looked back since.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's really cool. That is yeah. the, kind of like polar opposites, but it just speaks to your unique being in this world. So I'm interested to know about how you could, oh, there's my light. Um, It's okay though. Um, You spoke about service and I want to know, how do you see your service in construction? Because you said in social work, you weren't helping people. How do you see your service in that way?
1: Yeah. Well, we work with a lot of young men. And so um, one thing that I've learned is that when you can um, bring together an opportunity for people to learn a skill, make money doing that, and also giving them a very productive environment. They're very attracted to that. I okay. like to look at things in the power of three. So if I can give you a livable wage, a very positive environment and a mm-hmm. skill, then that is the perfect ministry for me. Um, so my work three again uh-huh. so a livable wage, mm-hmm. a transferable skill. Yeah. In a positive environment. Okay. So if I can do those things as a business owner, then I am certainly making an impact. I always look at those three because because if someone is in a positive environment, but if they're on that lower level of higher hierarchy of needs, then yeah. they're not gonna stay there that long. Yes. Right. Yes. So um so it has to be a livable wage included. And then it also has to be a a transferable skill Mm -hmm. because we don't want to just give people fish. We want to teach them the fish so that they can um, build a uh, life for themselves. And I always tell guys that work with me that what you learn with me, you can take with you for the rest of your life. I guarantee it. Yeah, because not only is going to get a skill, but you're going to get a work ethic and you're going to understand Quality and what it means to um, give the customer what truly what they're asking for because that's what I was how I was taught so I'm passing down those nuggets in that those principles that I learned when I was coming through the ranks.
0: Mm-hmm. So I love how you mentioned Haslo's, Maslow's hierarchy of needs and. The highest is self-actualization. Right. So I'm going to get back to that because that's going to weave into the conversation with the questions with human design at the end. So I love that you just said that. Oh, my God. So. So, um, Okay, so you have a men's prayer breakfast that you hold uh, frequently. I'm interested in like the behind the scenes of how you prepare for that and how you know when it's time to have another one.
1: Okay, I'll answer that question. The the second part first. So it's quarterly. So we have them four times a year. Um, And we used to do it once a year around Father's Day, the week before Father's Day, Mm -hmm. to give guys a sense of appreciation Um, and and being in an environment with other like minded fathers and men. Well, it became to a point where it started to become a little bit more uh, in demand. So we said, well, let's do it quarterly. Um, So that's why we have it quarterly now. And it may go to monthly at some point. Mm -hmm. I don't know but we like quarterly because it gives us time to plan quality over quantity in that sense, but also too, it gives guys a chance to have something to look forward to. And so, um, so we just had our fall edition. Um, I'll be putting some content out about that, but Mm -hmm. then um, we also, we're going to do one right before Christmas time. And so, um, so that's, that's how it's structured. Um, The planning and, and the behind the scenes of that is pretty simple it's a dynamic breakfast and um typically a speaker and i come up and i talk a little bit about a specific issue right now we've been talking a lot about mental health Mm -hmm. and just how us as men we don't take care of ourselves and how do we need to do things to take care of ourselves um incorporating more recreation incorporating more play into our day um truly we have so much on our plate to the fact that it's it's causing a lot of stress so um, i've started doing hot yoga uh oh, so the guys, get a, the, guys get, the guys get a kick out of that because yeah. of course it's not a masculine thing yeah uh, we, we talk a lot about basketball and things like that but mm-hmm. um there's other things out there to do uh, i'm getting into hiking now mm-hmm. and also a bike ride and some of the guys I, I i'm a part of a couple of bike riding groups so just you know really the the preparation is to keep it very simple um, to very to very much be about networking and uh, collaboration.
0: Mm-hmm. so it sounds like you're very active. How do these activities, the way you use your body, how does it affect your mindset and your mental health?
1: I am in a very interesting transition of changing my schedule completely. So I would say that um, the old me, like yesterday me, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> was very much trying to get everything done. Um, there's not enough hours in the day, mm-hmm. etc. The new me today, and when I say today, I mean new mindset. Right, every day we're, we we have a yeah. new opportunity.
0: Yeah. Is
1: to say, what can I do within my power? And what do I need to either delegate to someone else or start to um, look at planning ahead, mm-hmm. right? Because everything can't be done in, in, in a day. I mean, I'll tell you, Shadi, uh, I'm I am trying to be in the bed at nine o'clock, you know, um, so I can get up early. Mm-hmm. I, I like to get I, I like to get up early versus staying up late, and so um, that's my modus operandi. <laughs> but I'm not I'm not perfect in that, you know, so I don't want to give the impression that I've just made this complete switch. Um, I do sometimes have challenges with managing my schedule. Like last night I was recording, but I felt compelled to go to the studio to, to record some content. Um, I'm doing a series about evolving as a father from mm-hmm. our childhood of being angry at our father's. Yes. Uh, so it was something on my heart, and I needed to get it out. So I was like, "I'm gonna break my own rule and go into the studio at 11 o'clock at night." But um, it was worth it. So there are times where I'll, I'll break my own rules.
0: Yeah, I totally understand that. I definitely have the spirit of now. And if I have, if God is sending me a message or something that needs to happen in the moment, I literally have to just go and do it. And yeah, it can be a little distracting. All the other things that we have, priorities that we have, but I completely uh, agree with that and can understand, yeah. resonate. So, so you talked about um, the slow transition into your new mindset. So I am very fascinated by your story, and
1: okay.
0: I'm very emotional. So but <laughs> what
1: part? What part uh, sticks out? Yeah, you?
0: So, yeah. So I'm interested in your platform on fatherhood and faith and what mindset shifts did you have to reach to go to, to have this transformational change because you were in foster care, you attended nine different schools. Is that right? Yeah. Nine different schools. Yeah. So what.
1: Before college.
0: (laughs) Before college. Yeah. What kind of experiences and mindset shifts did you have to go through in order to, get to where you are now and I know that's probably a long story but maybe just some key some key highlights I'm
1: gonna give you something very specific that happened to me when I was 15 years old I went into foster mm-hmm. care as a as a teenager um, that typically doesn't happen typically you go in as a smaller child yeah. because you probably have family that you could stay with or kinship care things like that I didn't have I was in a city full of family but not mm-hmm. no one wanted to I would say claim me. Right, wow. so that was a very devastating thing for me that I was, um, I was not good enough to be taken in, and uh, you know, and I look back on that. It was a hard, that was a hard pill to swallow for me. Yeah. Um, but I get it that some people, you know, they they become afraid that you're an older kid, a lot of responsibility, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Well, when I went into foster care, there was a guy by the name of Doctor Okizy. Mm-hmm. He was a doctor, a surgeon from the University of Michigan. Mm-hmm. and he would donate his time to coming into the um, facility where I was housed. And he was he, he inspired me from from the beginning because for one, he just was a guy that was like, I mean, he's, here's this huge doctor. like he's a he's a big time big wig doctor at the University of Michigan. and he's giving up his time to come in and sit with kids and mm-hmm. give time to us. Mm-hmm. I mean, I felt special when he did that, but then he would also, he took it a step further. He gave um, a scholarship monthly and the scholarship was 50 bucks. And what he would do is he would give that scholarship to people who were, um, had good behavior. Mm. And I just saw that as an opportunity to get money.
0: Some
1: cash. <laughs> I I it so much, Charle, that I couldn't mm-hmm. win it anymore. They banned me because you I it. they they banned me because I would win it every month.
0: Oh wow! <laughs> I was wow. I was
1: I was motivated by that.
0: Wow.
1: So here's what he did. He said, "Listen, I can't give you money anymore, but I can do anything else for you." Mm. And I said, "Could you bring me books from the library?" It
0: mm-hmm. would
1: bring me books on engineering and. Social justice and all types of books, and I would read, and I was so appreciative for him for him, for doing that. It it almost brings me to tears because when you are in a dark place,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you need yeah. some light. Yes, you need a person. You need something to show you that this tunnel is not one sided. Yes, and so that was a shift for me in my life. Mm. I still yeah. read I have books like everywhere because I never want to stop learning because that was the moment for me that turned on a light to say, I can get out of here.
0: Yeah. What's, one book, here. what's one book that maybe he gave you or one that, that inspired you greatly?
1: Not one that he gave me, but one that inspires me is um, Dr. Spencer's Who Moved My Cheese
0: mm mm-hmm.
1: Because it, it's about movement. Yeah. It's about not being comfortable. It's about being um, strategically purposeful in your life. It's not. It's not staying at just at one station. Yeah. And and we uh, want to get to this comfortable place in life, you know, where we have our a luxury life lifestyles. And maybe I'll get there. Maybe I won't. But in my pursuit of life and happiness it is not about me it's about how do i bring people together how do i cast a wide net
0: mm-hmm. how do
1: i inspire how do i become a better version of myself yeah And i don't feel like i'm the best version of myself right now
0: mm-hmm. but
1: i do feel like my work is a part of me and whatever platform i have let's go let's use it mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're definitely a role model, uh, especially for fatherhood. And you speak a lot about, well, I wouldn't say a lot, but you do speak on your upbringing with your father. And I'm interested of that dichotomy and how you became this this role model.
1: Um, forgiveness. Mm-hmm. Um, my father's still living. My mother has passed away. And oh. I, I blamed my father for a lot. And uh, when I was 17 years old, I wanted to take his life. I wanted to, wow. when I was 12 and when I was 17, those are two two periods of time I can remember. Mm-hmm. I remember when I was 12 that um, I was going to wait for him to go to sleep. And I was going to take a cast iron skillet. And I was going to hit him over the head with it. And my mother saw the look in my eyes. And she locked me in the basement. <laughs> she stayed there with me. But she said, I see it. I see the hate. And you can't do that. So she stopped me. And then when I was 17, um, I was becoming, a, I guess, a young man. And mm-hmm. I felt like I could stand up for myself at that point. But God stopped me. Yeah. He wouldn't let me. Yeah. My father at that point, when I was 17, it almost it was like he had surrendered to me. It was almost like mm-hmm. he knew that that anger would someday come back to haunt him. But I couldn't do it. We couldn't fight him. I couldn't do what I thought that I needed to do in my mind because that's not who I am. Mm. I'm a person that loves. I'm a person that wants to see people do well. So it was really against my character. And um, so some years later, but I had to make a choice to forgive him. And then of course, once I start having my own children, your whole life changes. Yeah, whole perspective changes. Mm -hmm. So those things helped me to start to become a different person. And now at 38, I want to go back and help other young men because I see this all the time. Guys that work for me, um, fathers that I know, um, friends of mine, every like these are some of the basic things that keeps people stuck, is that they can't get past the hurt. I was just with a guy, he's 65 years old and his father's in his eighties and there his mother just passed away. Yeah. And he can't get past the hurt of his dad not being there for his mother. And um, the only thing I've been able to say to that is you've got to forgive him because it's about you. It's not about him. Right. Maybe it's one day about you guys together, but you can never get there if you do not forgive that person. You have yeah. to.
0: You have to release that weight. You have to. You have
1: Absolutely. To. You don't know what he did to me. Listen, everybody's hurt is their own hurt. Yeah. I can't tell you that your hurt is worse than mine. Mine is mm. worse than yours. Mm-hmm. We all hurt. Yeah. but we all can love through that if we allow ourselves to. So maybe I'm just a maybe just a crazy kid from Detroit trying to do something impossible but or maybe I'm right. I don't know, but mm-hmm. I'm going to try.
0: Yeah, and so did I'm that ready. forgiveness come before you became a father or after?
1: Some before, but mm-hmm. really after because once I became a father, I had twins as my first children. Mm-hmm. So I had to spread that love around. And um, my father came. Like, my father came down to visit me here to see his grandchildren. And I, I just, it's like, man, I've been holding all these things for so long. But look at look at the beauty in the fact that my baby is in my dad's yeah. hands right now. There's a picture on our refrigerator of my father holding one of my twins. And yeah. it's like one of the highlights of my day, at, you know, when I look at that. Like, yeah, that's yes. grandpa and my baby, you know. So... Mm-hmm. So those are things that I cherish now. It's not the greatest relationship in the world, but we don't, but we don't, we have a respect for one another now. We talk, we talk. He called me and said, hey man, the Lions are winning. Finally, I'm like, Daddy, look at, look at, look how long it took, right? We laugh about it. So you you take what you can get, but you have to get, you get something when you give something. You know, when you give that forgiveness and that love back, I call my dad my dad for the first time i i needed some money like mm-hmm. i i need i had to pay a bill and usually i just figured it out but i called my dad like you know what why am i trying to <laughs> i do have a father in this world right yeah um i called my dad and said man you know yeah. i don't ask for much but if you can help me out you know what he said anything for you man you got those babies down there
0: yeah If it's
1: if it's about the baby, so be it, right? But Mm -hmm. I'm still your baby too. (laughs)
0: Right. It's it's almost like um when you stop expecting because I had the same a similar experience with my father as well. When you stop expecting it, then that's when it comes.
1: Bingo. Yeah. But that's the that's Mm -hmm. the release part. It's like I release this so that I can live. And then good things come back to you because you start giving out good things in the world. You can't give out good things when you got all of this junk on your Inside of you, you have to get that stuff out of the way to truly mm-hmm. experience the real essence of life. And I'm not saying it's easy by no means. Mm-hmm. But I'm, I do believe that I am a vessel because mm-hmm. when my siblings look at me, they say it's possible because they see me doing it. And I'm the middle child. I'm not even the oldest. My sister is older than me, but she looks up to me because she's like, you do things I can't do. And I'm like, somebody has to do it. Yeah, somebody got to do it and if i got to be the one so be it you know it's yeah. heavy lifting but that's i maybe that's my social work side coming out
0: yeah have you seen right have you seen your forgiveness of your father uh have an impact on your relationships with other people or specific people maybe yeah, like yeah. in your partnership or
1: yeah, um, definitely in my in my marriage, um, definitely with her father too. Like she has had challenges with her father, so I've been able to see him differently because uh, because a husband sometimes can be bitter at the 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 um, father in law mm. because you feel like you are carrying the weight of wow. what he didn't do. Wow. Oh, that's a whole other conversation. <laughs> Whoa! Yeah. So there's some of that there, but I'm if I can forgive my dad who actually did things to me, I can definitely forgive him who I'm just kind of witnessing things, and that's that's the beauty in it that it gives you tools for forgiveness overall. Like you have to learn that that is something you need in your life. You have to forgive your 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 employer, the, the your neighbor. Like you have to. You have to learn to do that and a lot of us don't, but when they see it in action, that's when I think people can be inspired. And so what I what I'm trying to do with my message now, especially is that as we as I dig deeper into fatherhood, it's about growing up. How do we grow up in life? Yeah, not get older, but grow up like mature. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the things that we need to do to mature is to forgive ourselves from our past and the people that hurt us.
0: Most definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Uh, So switching gears a little bit, uh, I'm interested in your process, like your daily, weekly, monthly habits and process in order to create things and bring them into reality.
1: Yeah, great question.
0: What does your your ideal day look like?
1: Ideally, um, I am... Talking a lot with, um, you know, things around the business. I think the business takes up a good portion of my week. Mm -hmm. Um, I would say about 60%. Now, my daughter is in uh, her first in kindergarten. So once I pick her up from school, she's into soccer. So me and her go to the park and we are in soccer practice. Mm -hmm. (laughs) We're going Mm -hmm. at it. so my 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 life has changed a little bit this year because my daughter being in uh traditional school Mm -hmm. um i have to be kind of i would say around the house a little bit more Mm -hmm. so with that being said um i spent about i would say probably about 40 percent of my time on the business now where it used to be about 80 percent and that other 30% 30% of the time is really with the kids. So, um, my daughters do cheer. My older daughters do cheer. My youngest is in soccer. So, that takes up a big portion of the day. We do eat dinner at the table like a regular family. <laughs> mm-hmm. well, I don't know if that's regular these days, but um, we do eat dinner at the table. Um, and then after, you know, evening time, I'm usually doing content or reading um, in the evening. And I try to, I really do try to be in the bed before nine thirty, ten o'clock, so I can get up early. And in the mornings, of course, I'm that's my workout time. I'm a, I'm a morning workout person. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm usually that's usually probably the first start of my day. Uh, is up in the morning, working out, and then, of course, getting the day started about seven thirty, eight o'clock.
0: Yeah, that's and I see, I see that you work out a lot. Do, is workout a part of your routine, like every day? Yeah. Or? You know every if day. I could go every
1: day I would um, yeah. with the exception of Sunday just to kind of have a rest day mm-hmm. um, this this season uh, so we're going coming into like fall winter so my schedule will change because I will probably be I'll probably go twice a day some days mm-hmm. um, just because I have a little bit more time and um it's really just my outlet you know it's just a positive outlet so I am very curious to know if i can look 20 again yeah (laughs) i'm 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 working hard towards that goal (laughs)
0: right so uh you talked about your company taking up about 60 percent of the day and as as an entrepreneur you know sometimes we have to take risk in order to in the pursuit of success right so do you ever feel um maybe like a guilt and taking those risks or putting your family stability at risk because of what you have to do for success in your entrepreneur journey.
1: Hmm. Well, I think everything is, has some risk to it. Hmm. That's just my thought. Hmm. If you get on, a, if you get on a plane, it's kind of risky. Right? Yep. they have yep. done a lot to make sure it's safer, but it's risky. You yeah. are defying gravity. Okay. Um, I think that um my risk have become a lot more calculated. So they're not they don't seem as risky, meaning I don't take on things that I'm not exceptionally well at in my business. Mm-hmm. I could, mm-hmm. for instance, I get asked a lot to do power washing. I don't do power washing. I do striping. So I always defer. That to me is risk that I avert because I don't do things that I'm not really comfortable with doing anymore. There was there was a time where I was doing a little bit of this, a little bit of that. I was traveling mm-hmm. for work. Uh, I don't do all of that anymore. So I think I've become a lot safer, even in even in being an entrepreneur, which is risky. Mm-hmm. Um, and I try my best to keep things pretty stable and here's my rule house first home first Mm
0: -hmm.
1: right Mm -hmm. you gotta have a place to sleep you gotta have a place to eat you have to have a place where you can take a shower right not a hotel (laughs) you need a home you need a Mm -hmm. place you can rest yeah so you got to take care of that and when i was when i first started off it was about the business it was about gotta get this gotta get that now if home If home is going to be affected financially, then I'm probably going to wait a little bit unless it's something that's going to accelerate growth and uh, profit pretty quickly. And those those deals don't come around too often. So for me, um, home first, and then I try to move from there. So sometimes the business does go without because if you had to make a choice, you need to take care of your house first.
0: Yeah. So would you say that you focus on your home and then just allow the money to flow where it needs to flow?
1: That's the that's the that's the idea for right now. Yeah, mm-hmm. because there's because as entrepreneur, most people know there's There's never really a perfect like scenario where you yeah. got all the money you need for home. You got all hey. the money you need for. the business, <laughs> You got all the money to go play. There's mm-hmm. never it's always a, a pendulum swing. So again, what I'm saying is that if I if someone is listening out there, take care of your house first because that's where you that's where you are going to um, have your peace. That's where you're going to. If you if you if you're out and you're spending money on your business but you can't pay your bills, it's going to lead to a lot of stress, a lot of frustration. It's not going to fall out the sky. The money that you've got, you better take care of your house
0: first.
1: <laughs> and, and if you need to reduce your expenses. Maybe Mm -hmm. that's something you need to look at. Um, Most people don't want to give up their lifestyle, and I'm not suggesting that. I'm just saying, home should be first because that's where you've got to go back to. And um, you can wait another month to pay a a light bill. I mean, a light bill. I mean, a business bill. Um, But when it comes to home, like if you can't pay your bills, I'm telling you, you're not going to enjoy anything. (laughs) Right. (laughs) And you got, and, and especially if you got children and stuff. For take sure. care. Take care of your, your 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 home expenses first. That's my that's my financial advice, and I'm sticking to it.
0: Uh, yeah, I had to make the same shift because I used to be a workaholic and just be so focused on your passion and your drive and you know all your your contribution, but you also have a contribution to your family, right? So that has everything has to fall around that core. Yeah. It has yeah,
1: because to work. because work. <laughs> um you know you got to have a home base like mm-hmm. like if you're out there and you're just moving and grooving but you have no centrally located frame of who you are mm-hmm. i mean you're just you're just going to be exhausting your resources you know yeah. and maybe you know you find a different way to continue to earn income in your business from working from home we just had a whole thing with covid right we didn't know it was possible for so many people to work from home but we figured it out so, yes. it's not that it's not possible; it's just sometimes we think we have to always go and be and do in order yeah. for something to happen, yeah, um, maybe in yes. the beginning, but there should be a shift at some point right. i mean i've I haven't worked in the field all week, but I feel very productive, right, yes. and that's because I've been doing things to position myself to make sure that it's not just about me, it's about building something, and other mm-hmm. people have to be a part of that,
0: mhm, yeah. Definitely. How does your faith impact your decision making in all parts of your life?
1: Yeah, that's a great one. Um, mm-hmm. You know, Proverbs three and five. You know, mm-hmm. um, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not to your own understanding, in all your ways acknowledge God, and He should direct your path. You know, that's a that scripture has a lot of meaning to me because mm-hmm. it's about guidance and faith. This is this is what I'll say about my faith. Most people are accustomed to using a GPS to get where they're going. Faith is like having a compass. Yes. Because it's about yes. not just knowing a path to get there, but having direction in your life. Because I can go somewhere, you know, on a trip and know the specific location I'm going to but when I have purpose and direction I know where I'm going regardless if I don't know exactly where the location is mm-hmm. right I may not know the location but I know what's in me and I know what drives me mm-hmm. and that's what you need when you are building something when you are trying to um, make a change make a be, be dynamic. You don't know exactly where you're going with that. But if you're driven by that a core essence of yourself and God working within you, you'll get there. Because God has many paths to get you to your destination. Like That's the beautiful thing about God is that he doesn't take us just one way. right? I mean, I started out on social work. I ended up in construction. But I'm still making an impact in an area of my life that I feel very passionate about. And that's working with men and fathers. And I and, and let me say this. When I started saying I wanted to work with dads and fathers, there were other men who, who hated on me.
0: Mm. Mm-hmm. You know why? Yeah. Why?
1: They were intimidated by me. Who's this guy? What's he trying to do?
0: People who've already been doing it, like they're they were fathers before you, that kind of thing.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause that's what we do. We don't know how to collaborate and team up. I'm about that, and I'm working on things right now to st- strategically show that with some other mm-hmm. organizations.
0: Mm-hmm. But
1: that's, but that's that can. If you don't know where you're going, if you're not driven, if you don't have that compass in you, you'll let that discourage you. It's not about other people. It's not about competition. It's about making sure that I'm doing my part, what God called me to do.
0: Yes. How I do have nothing you
1: to do with people?
0: How, yeah. Well, I'm interested. How did you find your purpose and how do you talk to God specifically in your way?
1: Yeah, I talk to God very, very candidly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I do believe I have a very open and honest conversation with God when I do have those conversations. And by the way, I do have a prayer call every Friday at 6 a.m.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we'll get in the description box. <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, what was the second part of your question I can
0: yeah how how did you find your purpose? so you talked oh. about you know you transitioned into uh your own company. How did you discover that that was what was right for you? Was there something that happened? uh were you led there? were you guided? how yeah, how I'm just interested,
1: yeah, I definitely was called. um mm. I definitely was called to that, um, and that's different from choosing it, right? because when you're called to something that means something is 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 gravitating you toward it. It's like you it's like a, a magnet. It's like you keep coming back to it. I mean, I've been I've been technically working with dads and fathers all my life, but as a business per se in the last uh-huh. seven, eight years. But I didn't know what I didn't know what the business model was. I've been figuring I've been still trying to figure out what the business model is for 20 years. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, but I but I'm trying things, right? I'm not afraid mm-hmm. to try things and see what works and this and that because I don't have a timeline on it. It's not about, it's not about being biggest and the baddest it's about doing the work for me now on the precision striper side i'm very intentional there so i get to kind of play around with 21st century fatherhood and try things i don't really do that over there on the right construction side i know exactly what i'm doing where i'm going what the mission is um so that's that's a nice kind of uh balance of two businesses right for me yeah but um i was listening to I think Miles Monroe talk about having a lifelong mission. right? what is the thing you want to do for the rest of your life? Mm-hmm. And it just became very clear to me that working with dads, working with fathers, mm. making an impact is what I want to do. So it's it may not pay me anything, but it pays me tremendously. Right. If that makes sense.
0: Yes. Yes. Right. So how you describe that, in my perspective, that is the balance of the masculine and the feminine energy. So we all have it within us. And to me, for you, it seems like you have a stability from your company that pays you. Mm -hmm. And then you have the creative side that you're able to, like you said, play right. Because the masculine is the structure and the feminine is the flow. So, you know, we all have different percentages within us, um, each person. But yeah, I love how you talk about
1: that. Did you just call my fatherhood business feminine? No, I'm not. And
0: I'm saying the creative. I'm saying the brain and the right brain.
1: Yeah, yeah. I'm definitely, I definitely am right and left brain, brain. Like in my, some people that just straightforward. This is what I'm gonna do. Right. I am. I, man, it is. That is spot on because Mm -hmm. I um, I have both in me. Mm -hmm. And, and, and that is tough to live with because I'm always balancing that, Mm -hmm. you know, but I'm getting better because like I said, I don't play around with the construction side. That is very much, um, this is how we're going to operate. This is what we need to do. But Mm -hmm. over here, we can be a little bit more flexible. Let's try things. I mean, I've got so many things that I'm working on with that right now that I'm going to, put into practice um in the near future but it allows me to, to be creative
0: yeah it's just a flow you know like the yeah. gang. so there's a piece of each one you know the Indian gang. Actually, actually right here i'm at my um cousin's house and she painted this so this symbol right here rep- you know it can represent the masculine and feminine so there's a piece in each part so the masculine like and and the feminine holds some of the masculine
1: i like so that so even
0: in your men's business there is some feminine flow in there, but your structure is mm-hmm. the masculine piece. And then your sharing is the feminine little pieces in there.
1: Yeah. I think at the core mm-hmm. of uh, 21st century fatherhood, the goal is to help dads to become mentors to their children. Mm-hmm. Um, we find that a lot of men uh, maybe have had some form of discipline, disciplinary, being a disciplinary, but mm-hmm. they, um, but they don't know how to motivate, encourage, impact, and, uplift them in that like Mm -hmm. good have structure is good but what kids really need especially in today's time is the ability to rise above their challenges and they need coaching they need mentoring they need somebody that's going to walk alongside them and listen i'm doing this with my own kids okay and it is hard oh yeah hard oh yeah they want (laughs) to they want to do a business right now Uh uh doing cupcakes and they're like daddy Ain't you proud of us? We're becoming entrepreneurs. This is what you always wanted, right? And I'm like, Yeah. Can I help can I help you do it? No, Daddy. And I'm like, All right, just let me know if you need any, you know, any words of wisdom or anything. So they wow. put me, they put me in time out when it came to helping them, but hmm. they absolutely want to impress me. So see yeah. the balancing act there is like I have to sit on the sideline yeah. and wait to be called into the game. And the problem with a lot of dads is that we don't know how to stay on the sideline and wait. Mm, they won't call dad us
0: and- just dads.
1: Yeah. I my guess. moms, too. <laughs> I would imagine so. I would imagine so. But what I what I'm talking about is from my where I sit and what I okay. see in the men mm-hmm. that I talk with is that we become overbearing. We want to Mm-hmm. You know, put our spin on it. And it's like, mm-hmm. they got to grow. They got to grow into their own place in life. And um yes. it's challenging. It's very challenging. But this is where we need skills at. And then what yeah. I want to do is help to provide skills through those experiences that um, I see. And also, as we come together and do more together as men. So. But the, lady, the ladies are, let me just say this, the ladies are always welcome to be a part of 21st Century Fatherhood. I need ambassadors. I need cheerleaders. Mm-hmm. I need women who want to help us um, get the message out about what it means to be an yeah. impactful dad. Absolutely. So yeah. I never wanted to be discriminatory towards women because, mm-hmm. um, you know, um, we need all the help we can get. So We must um, work in
0: but, partnership. That's what people, I think... Um, A lot of people just want to create their little niches and just focus on one thing, but we have to work in partnership if there's going to be any kind of change because, like this yin and yang, there has to be a balance of both.
1: Exactly. So,
0: right. So, we talked a lot about your life purpose. So, now I want to bring in your human design.
1: Okay.
0: Human design is an energetic blueprint of, it's kind of like a personality map, but it's a little bit deeper. It's basically the energy that, was put into you when you entered into the world. And I know for some, this might sound a little woo-woo, but the only reason that I align with this is because it's been a confirmation of everything I've already known about myself my Mm -hmm. whole life. So when I see a tool that has worked for me, that is, it's actually part of my human design to share through my personal experiences with other people. Mm -hmm. So I wanna get into a few little highlights of yours, and I wanna see if, if any of these resonate with you. Okay. So I'm going to read a little bit of something. So one of the pieces about is uh speaks to the environments that you thrive in the best. So your environment, Maurice is markets. And these are places where there are people coming together to work, whether it's literal or virtual, and you thrive in the activity of a group with common direction.
1: Okay. Yeah, I agree with that.
0: That yeah, resonates I see that with like you have posts about, you know, when you're working in construction with your team and that definitely, you know, (laughs) resonates with that because you're working together for a common goal to finish this project and and virtually You're, you're virtual as well. So I see that aligning. Okay, so for this is describes your life energy and your life energy. The theme of it is called saying yes or novel experiences. So this is the drive to commit to new experiences with no guarantees of a positive outcome. It's important not to overcommit. Would you say this resonates? Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. For sure. You literally just talked about how you used to overwork and now you're <laughs> relaxing the reins because it was becoming too yeah. much. Right, to well,
1: well, well I'll tell you, I'll give you a really a great example of that. Um, I'm in a, in a in a construction academy right now, and one mm-hmm. of the things that I saw from the creative side, my creative mind got to going that people were not doing their homework. And I said, well, probably because we're busy, got a lot going on. So what if it, what if we could hold a homework uh, group session once a week uh, virtually, just to help people stay on track? Because you really want people to get it. And part of doing part of getting it is doing the homework. Mm-hmm. Well, um, mm-hmm. after two weeks of it. They started asking me, the organization started asking me to do more with it. And I'm like, this is starting to feel like work. <laughs> I, I, uh, no, no, right. no. Right. So I I um, told them, I said, I can't do it because I want to give great uh, quality to it. And I can't. Mm. And so I uh, backed out of it. And I never would do that. I would just kind of wow. rip my teeth and do it. But this time I was like, nope because i because because now you're asking me to be a part of your staff and that's mm-hmm. what you guys should be doing as a support group to us uh, yeah so that was one of the things where i was like yeah and so people so i'm going to class and people are asking me when is the next session i'm like mm-hmm. yeah we canceled them <laughs> <laughs> I, I, if you, you want
0: it, yourself
1: yeah, yeah if you want to cool. do it if you want to do it um i'm more than willing to jump on a call with you but Uh, I don't want to organize people. Not that I can't. I just saw that this is going to take me in a direction I don't (laughs) want to go.
0: So it seems like you have to put boundaries around your novel experiences.
1: (laughs) Exactly. Yeah.
0: Okay. Okay. So this uh, talks about what grounds you. So what grounds you, the theme of this is recognition of feelings and clinging fire. So this energy is concerned with deeper understanding of the full spectrum of feelings being a vital part of the human condition the ability to process and recognize these feelings for the valuable purpose to drive positive change how does this resonate
1: that's new but i, I agree with it but it's new for me i, I haven't heard that before so mm. that's uh it's interesting to hear
0: mm-hmm. well you talked about nurturing and caring in fatherhood Mm-hmm. So I could see how that could connect for you about taking on your more nurturing, caring part of being a father and getting to those feelings. so you are able to connect with your children?
1: Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, absolutely.
0: Yeah. OK. And then here is another uh, piece. And the theme of this is, is called realization or faith. So this energy is associated with trusting in the process. And that realizing your full potential of self-actualization is not only possible, but will soon come to pass.
1: Yeah, I do believe that. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. So that's the connection in the beginning when I was talking about Maslow's hierarchy of needs. The self-actualization piece. Yeah. And that just was a full circle moment right there.
1: And I think that this is just me. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know much, but this is just my experience. Mm-hmm. I think people look at that chart and they'll say the way um, I'm going to progress in life is to continue to go up mm. and build to that self-actualization because it's a pyramid, right? And it's a sketch. Yeah. But I think that what I see is that you flip it upside down
0: mm.
1: and it's about going deeper.
0: Whoa. Whoa.
1: Mm-hmm. The deeper I go, and even and even the trauma, the experiences, the failures, the moments in my life that didn't pan out the way I thought they would
0: mm-hmm.
1: contribute to that. Because how do you truly become self-actualized if you don't know what your breaking points are? Yes. How 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 what loss feels like, right? So I think people look at it and they want to go up. Oh, And I think this, it's really needs to be flipped around and and you go deeper.
0: Yeah. So, okay. So first one visualization that I use to describe that is like an onion. And basically we're all like an onion and we have to peel all the different layers off to get to the core, right. To the deepest inner point. Mm -hmm. And the other thing I was thinking is that yes, it can be the the upside down pyramid, but can it be both? So the polarity of it is that you're going deeper in order to go higher. Higher lanes become lighter, closer to you know heaven, God, you know yeah. whatever ideas people have about that. Um, but yeah, I like the the turning that that pyramid around. That's a great way to think about that.
1: Well, because I think that what I'm what I'm referring to is um, the pain and the disappointments in life.
0: Hmm. They are a
1: part of your success. Mm-hmm. They're not just part of your, they're not just failures. They're learning experiences. There are moments where you really find out what's in you. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. I mean, when a person says to me, I don't know if I could take much more. And I say to them, mm-hmm. but look at how much you've already taken. Yeah, yes. we do have a breaking point. I do understand that. But mm-hmm. you had taken more on to yourself and more has happened to you than what you signed up for already. So Stop limiting yourself and thinking that you can't take something because you've already done it. You've already Mm -hmm. felt pain. You've already gone through things. And this is unfortunate, very unfortunate, but it also has a bright side to it. And and I think that one of the things that I try to do is say, what can I learn from the things that I experience? Um, That's what business has taught me. That's what life has taught me. I mean, I come from I come from a place where I wasn't wanted, mm-hmm. I wasn't I wasn't valuable to someone, and part of my life was me proving that I was, and then when I realized, I'm already God already valued me. Yes. Why am I Why am I trying to buy something God already gave me for free?
0: Yes. Starting there.
1: Working, I'm working to buy something that God gave me free. He gave me mm-hmm. life okay mm-hmm. so he gave me way more than what a person could give me yes so if i tap into that energy then i'm much more aligned with my spiritual side than mm-hmm. i am with my natural sides and that is that compass right goes back to the compass that yeah. gives me purpose that gives me direction and once i'm um sure about those things i can walk into any room mm-hmm. and not feel unwanted because mm-hmm. It's not about being accepted it's about being here to offer light yeah i'm a light yeah i mean the big thing you know just to bring up Deion sanders everybody's up and roar about how much attention his program and what what he's doing is getting people don't understand he is bringing light to a dark place to
0: who's the person you said It, it skipped out a little bit
1: oh sorry um Deion Sanders to coach out in Colorado. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, everybody's talking about him right now. He's got a lot of attention around him. Mm-hmm. But he's but he's um but he's showing a very specific father son relationship. Yeah, he's talking about Christ in in meetings where yeah. you're supposed to be talking about football. <laughs> right,
0: right. He's living his unique purpose. That's what I see. And even the uh, what's the word to say when you work with when you work with your children? I can't think of the word right now. Basically, when you work with people. In your family in like a work setting what's that word it's not coming to me but basically i just one. yes nepotism yeah so the nepotism i'll just talk my mom about that about the situation um yeah so but him living in his unique purpose and understanding what his son needs in order to be his best because maybe he is the best coach for his son and it's not and that's how he'll be able to have this self-actualization
1: for each well other. he and he's doing something that in sports that a lot of fathers want to do, but don't know how or can't mm-hmm. they can't because they work so much. So he, his work and his ability to stay in his son's life are together. Mm-hmm. That's So he's showing that like I work with my son and also we're in business together, etc. And so that part is happening. But then also too, he's showing that, um, Here's what it can look like if you truly coach you know like mentor,
0: yes, yes, and that's
1: what that's what drives me about it because a lot of dads don't know how to mentor we don't know yeah. how to get the best out of our child by
0: encouraging mm.
1: them we know how to beat them up to try to get things out, but we don't know mm-hmm. how to um truly inspire them to want to become even greater than what we are right so that's the those are the things those are some things I see happening. That gets Mm -hmm. me excited. That there's hope for us because he's doing he's doing the things that I'm doing. I'm just doing it right here. He's just going (laughs) like like this, and it's like that's 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 true purpose in life. Mm -hmm. It's not about football. Football is just a a, just a a tool used, Mm -hmm. but the real essence is after all of this is over, um, Mm -hmm. we have built something as a father son relationship. That's, that's amazing. Right. And I don't have sons. So I I envy, I envy.
0: Oh, that's right. You don't.
1: Yeah. I have daughters. I have a nephew. I have a nephew that I call a son, but he's not Uh here in North Carolina. So, yeah. Yeah.
0: So I just want to end with how you define success.
1: That's a, that's a tall question there. Um, I think that success is, is really um you know accomplishing your goals um i think it is about um trusting god you know even when it gets hard mm-hmm. um i think it's about you know working your plan um i think that the most successful people are people who are uh driven by their their goals and their um Things that they want to achieve, and um, and make an impact in someone else's life. You know, Michael Jordan is still making an impact. He hadn't touched a basketball in
0: Amazing. Mm-hmm.
1: years, right? But he's still mm-hmm. making an impact because of what he committed himself to, yes. and who he became. Uh, in the light, in the, in in at the brightest moments, he shined because he dedicated his life to basketball. You know, Kobe Bryant, right? He. he mm-hmm. People love him more now than they ever loved him, and he's not with us anymore. But yeah. he dedicated his life to his sport, to his craft, and so uh, success to me is about not just what you do today, but what you're doing in your absence. Mm-hmm. That's you funny,
0: mentioning Kobe Bryant because I was thinking about him earlier. Um, because I have, well, I guess, I guess I've done some reading that basically says, and just my intuition is that once your mission on this earth is done that's when you can transition so just like kobe bryant he had an impactful mission and even his transitioning so young he completed his mission yeah yeah
1: Yeah. amazing amazing hopefully i'm hoping to leave a mark in the world in some way
0: Mm
1: -hmm. and uh, that's why this fatherhood stuff is about things that i'll do for the rest of my life not just I don't care if I don't get the likes or whatever. I just know mm-hmm. that I have to keep doing it. And and we met just in a hallway at. Uh, crazy. You know, right. Mm-hmm. But you said it came to you as to why we needed to connect. Yeah. There you go. So once you saw maybe some of my. Well, I saw lives. you twice.
0: I saw you twice in the hallway at different times. And the crazy part about that is, is that the second time I was walking towards the office and I left my laptop in the car so i had to walk back to the car to get wow. it so the fact that we met up again that's i was like no i saw you two times today that means that i'm supposed to connect you said
1: someone.
0: that <laughs> yeah. I was like, that means something so i was like okay um i don't know what it is but i was like what's your instagram okay good and then <laughs> a few weeks later i was like oh you have to you have to be a guest. Like you have yeah. a wonderful message that needs to be amplified. If I'm able to do that with this platform, then I'll be so grateful.
1: Well, um, well, hopefully you'll send me a copy of this and I can put it on my mm-hmm. channel as well. So,
0: okay, we'll see. Yeah. I want to thank you, Maurice Webb, for joining us on the Love Being podcast. And um, who all is watching? The description. All his links will be uh, below. And until next time, thank you. Thank you.